Garuda, the king of birds, was born as a strong and powerful bird. The son of the great sage Kashyapa and Prajapati Daksha's daughter Vinata, Garuda was destined for great things as his birth was blessed and prophesied by the revered Valakilya sages. In his giant eagle-like bird form, he was so magnificent that even the gods couldn't help but be awed by his size and beauty. Not only did he possess the strength and powers that rivaled Indra himself, Garuda was also wise, loyal and intelligent, and he commanded the respect and admiration of everyone around him. Little wonder that the preserver of the world, Lord Vishnu, chose Garuda, the king of the birds and eater of the snakes, to be his vehicle. And this is the story of how Garuda came to be the vehicle of Vishnu and the enemy of the snakes. Namaste, hello and welcome. I'm your storyteller Nivi and you're listening to Stories of India Retold. For humankind, stories were and remain the most extraordinary tool available to influence and connect with each other. Author Suman Kidd said, Stories have to be told or they die, and when they die, we can't remember who we are or why we are here. The stories of India have been passed down generations, some for thousands of years, they provide a window into who we are as a people. Join me in a retelling of these popular stories in a fun, simplified and less confusing way. Here you may find stories about men and gods, mortals and immortals, flying chariots, otherworldly shape-shifting dragon-like serpents or just ordinary people achieving extraordinary feats. In part one of the story, which if you haven't already listened to, please do, I retell the story of Garuda's birth and ancestry. Garuda was born to sage Kashyapa and his wife Vinata. After incubating in his egg for thousand years, Garuda finally arrived into the world. Even as a little infant, Garuda was independent and didn't need an adult to take care of him. As soon as he came out of the shell of his egg, he flew out into the world on his own, in search of food, leaving his mother behind. It was around this time when Garuda was away from his mother, the two sisters, Khadru and Vinata, got into a wager with each other. Kadru and Vinata were sisters married to sage Kashyapa. One day, they happened to catch a quick glimpse of the great horse Uchaishrava. And as they were discussing the magnificence of the horse, they made a wager. What color do you think the horse is? Kadru asked Vinata. Vinata said it was white. What color do you think it is? She asked Kadru and suggested they should make a bet. Kadru agreed. She suggested that the one who loses the wager should be a slave to the other. I say the 
horse has a black tail, said Kadru. They decided to see the horse for themselves. Before leaving to see the horse, Kadru came up with a plan. She went to her Naga's sons and asked them to turn into strands of black-colored hair and wrap themselves around the horse's tail. To Kadru's surprise, her children refused. Kadru couldn't accept the fact that her children would risk the chance that she would be her sister's slave if she lost the wager. She was deeply offended by her children's disobedience and she lashed out at them in anger. She cursed them. Janamejaya of the Pandava lineage will have a snake sacrifice. I curse that the fire from the sacrifice will consume and destroy all of you. The following day, Kadru and Vinata travelled across the vast ocean to see the horse. To Kadru's delight and Vinata's distress, the horse's tail was black. Vinata lost the bet and as a result became Kadru's slave from that day on. Meanwhile, with each passing day, Garuda grew both in size and strength. He was a magnificent bird. When he flew up in the sky, he appeared as resplendent as the sun, often leading others to misunderstand him for the sun. As he grew bigger and bigger, the gods started to worry that the sun was increasing in size. They went to Agni, the sun god, and asked him to stop growing. When Agni cleared them of the misunderstanding, the gods went to Garuda and pleaded with him to stop getting so big, to which he agreed and moderated his own size. After some time had passed, he finally returned back to his mother. One day, Kadru asked Vinata to take her and her children to the faraway land of Nagas. Since Vinata was serving as Kadru's slave, she had to agree. Vinata asked Garuda for help to transport his Naga half-brothers by flying them on his back. Garuda did as his mother asked. The Naga brothers sat on the powerful Garuda's back, who transported them to the island in no time at all. Kadru and her sons had a great time on the island. However, they became greedy for more. They now knew how easily Garuda could transport them around, so they demanded that Garuda take them to other beautiful places all around the world. Unimpressed with their demands and attitude, Garuda questioned his mother. Why do we need to cater to their whims and fancies? he asked Vinata. An embarrassed and distressed Vinata revealed to Garuda that because she lost a wager to Kadru, she was now Kadru's slave and must do as Kadru wished. She also revealed to Garuda how Kadru cheated by changing the color of the horse's tail. Garuda was incensed by the way his mother was being treated, but he realized that the only way out for his mother was to be free of the debt of the wager with Kadru. With that in mind, Garuda went to his Naga half-brothers and asked them what it would take for them to free his mother from slavery. The Nagas said 
that they would grant Vinata her freedom if Garuda brings them the drink of the Devas, the Amrita. Amrita is similar to Ambrosia. The name means without mrityu or death, which is immortality. It was supposed to be an elixir that granted immortality to those who consumed it. It was called the God's drink because it was in their possession and it was the reason for their continued power and immortality. Garuda knew it was going to be a difficult task stealing the Amrita from under the God's noses because after obtaining the Amrita, Indra and the other gods secured it by keeping it in their world under heavy guard. But Garuda didn't see any way around it as he had to make sure that his mother was a free woman. Garuda started to make preparations to go to Indra's world. He told his mother he was very hungry and needed to eat. What should I eat? he asked her. Vinata told him to eat the Nishadas who lived in the hills and forests beyond the ocean. Nishadas were a hunter-fisherman tribe that lived in ancient India. Garuda swiftly flew to the mountains where the Nishadas lived. He flipped his giant wings, creating a violent storm of dust up in the sky. The storm sent reverberations through the mountains and dried up the oceans. The Nishadas could not see a thing because of the dust and in their panic, they ran right into Garuda's giant waiting mouth. A hungry Garuda is a dangerous Garuda indeed. Coincidentally, Garuda met his father right after eating the Nishadas. Garuda told Kashyapa what he was doing there and about his mission to steal the Amrita. Garuda also told Kashyapa that he was still hungry even after eating the Nishadas. Tell me what to eat, Garuda said. Kashyapa told Garuda about a pair of siblings, Vibhavasu and Supratika, who during a fight over their inheritance had cursed each other to turn into an elephant and a turtle respectively. Kashyapa told Garuda that even in their animal form, the brothers tried to kill each other all the time and were generally being a nuisance to everyone around them because of their enmity. Additionally, they were humongous in size and would help to appease Garuda's appetite. Garuda captured the elephant and turtle. He held them in his giant claws and flew looking for a comfortable spot to eat them. When he flew over an inviting-looking canopy of trees, he stopped and sat on a branch of a big, sturdy-looking tree. However, the branch could not take the immense weight of Garuda along with the elephant and the turtle. As Garuda saw the branch break off of the tree, he noticed a group of Valakilya sages hanging down from the same branch. Remember, in part one of Garuda's story, we talked about these fierce, thumb-sized Valakilya sages who granted Kashyapa's sons, who were as powerful as Indra, 
So this is how Garuda met the sages who were responsible for his existence. Garuda was sympathetic towards the extremely small-bodied sages. He quickly grabbed the branch by his beak and made sure the sages remained unhurt. Kashyapa happened to see Garuda flying around with an elephant and a turtle in each claw and the sages hanging from a branch from his beak. If you go to the Stories of India Retold blog, you can find an image of a painting of this particular scene, among other images. Kashyapa went to the sages and explained Garuda's situation to them. He assured them that Garuda didn't mean to cause them any harm. After making sure the sages were safely back on the ground, Garuda satisfied his hunger by eating the elephant and the turtle. With his belly full, Garuda flew at a speed faster than thought to Indra's abode. The gods were warned beforehand about his approach. They stood ready with their best weapons and armor. However, when they saw the fierce Garuda approach them, they were in awe at how powerful he looked. They began to doubt their ability to defeat the bird who was rumored to have powers that matched even that of Indra's. What ensued was a fierce battle between Garuda and Indra's army. The way to earning his mother's freedom was fraught with danger. I have to say, the following is probably my favorite part of the story. It sounds so fierce, like something right out of a movie. Garuda's screech thundered in the sky, sending waves of panic amongst the gods. Garuda flapped his powerful wings to create strong gales of dust, which temporarily blinded and confused the gods. Using his big, sharp talons and beak, he ripped the bodies of his enemies apart. They fought long and hard, but Garuda showed no signs of exhaustion. Nothing slowed him down. Finally, Garuda was able to get close to the place where the gods had kept the Amrita, which, unsurprisingly, had layers of protection around it. First, there was a ring of fire surrounding the Amrita. It was no ordinary fire. It was a tall wall of fire, as hot and intense as the sun. It swayed dangerously with the wind. Garuda changed himself to have an enormous mouth, big enough to fill countless gallons of water. He swiftly flew to and fro different rivers, filled his mouth with water, returned to the fire and drenched it in rivers of water, putting away the fire. Beyond the fire, Garuda saw a continuously revolving wheel, which had blades sharp enough to slice apart anything that dared to cross it. Garuda turned himself into a small bird and slipped in between the sharp blade-like spokes of the wheel. Once inside, he saw two extremely large, fierce-looking poisonous snakes guarding the Amrita. The raging snakes had poison-filled eyes. Garuda acted quickly. He once again flapped his wings, causing a storm of dust around the snakes. 
The snakes closed their eyes shut against the dust, giving Garuda the perfect chance to attack and kill them. He took the Amrita and left the god's realm with it. On his way back home, Garuda was stopped by a very impressed Vishnu. Pleased with the fact that Garuda didn't use the Amrita even though he had access to it and that he had prioritized saving his mother over a chance at gaining superior powers, Vishnu offered Garuda a boon as a token of his appreciation. Garuda asked for two boons. First one, he wanted to be above Vishnu always. And second one, a gift of immortality. He was a smart one, our Garuda. Vishnu granted him both his wishes. Grateful for the gifts, Garuda offered a boon to Vishnu in exchange and Vishnu asked Garuda to be his vehicle, to which Garuda agreed. Therefore, Vishnu gave him a place atop his flagstaff, placing Garuda above him at all times. On his way back home, Garuda was attacked by Indra. Indra hit Garuda with his fearsome weapon Vajra, the thunderbolt. But Garuda remained unharmed. They started to talk and because of the mutual admiration they shared, they strike up a friendship of sorts. Indra asked him to return the Amrita. He told him about the damage it would cause if the wrong kind of people got their hands on the Amrita. Garuda told him that he didn't want the Amrita for his personal use, but he needed it to barter for his mother's freedom. He told Indra about his deal with the Nagas. Together with Indra, he concocted a plan to fool the Nagas. He told Indra that after he had fulfilled his part of the deal and gave the Nagas the Amrita, Indra could have the pot of Amrita right back. Garuda went back to the Nagas and gave them the pot of Amrita. Garuda reminded the Nagas of the deal between them and made sure they freed his mother. When the Nagas were about to drink the precious nectar, Garuda suggested that they should wash themselves first. Agreeing to the suggestion, the Nagas rushed to the nearby river to wash up, during which time Indra came and stole the pot of Amrita back from them. When the Nagas came back from their bath, they saw that the pot was gone. They realized that they had been tricked. In an act of desperation, they licked the grass on which they had previously placed the pot of Amrita. The Darbha grass burned their tongues, splitting it into two, which is why, even to this day, the snakes have forked tongues. And this is the story of how Garuda became Vishnu's mount and why even to this day, Garuda and the snakes are considered enemies. It's time for Nivi's Pod Notes. End notes for the podcast episode where I discuss more about the story to help provide more context. So, let's continue. As I mentioned in the first part of the story, the story of Garuda is told in the Astika Parva or episode in the Mahabharata. 
The story highlights not only Garuda's magnificent physical form, his superior strength and quick wit, but also shows him as a dutiful and loyal son who put his mother's well-being before his safety. Garuda's less than loving relationship with his Naga half-brothers started with the bet that his mother Vinata and her sister Kadru made with each other and the fact that they treated Vinata and Garuda unfairly. The horse Uchchaishrava, which was the subject of their bet, was no ordinary horse. It was a well-known horse of Lord Indra and was known as the king of horses or the best of horses. When the gods and demons joined for the Samudra Manthana and churned the ocean to obtain the Amrita, Uchchaishrava was one of the many wondrous things that was produced from the process and Indra obtained it. We will explore the story of Samudra Manthana here another day. However, it is interesting how this story, which is very popular and is considered one of the most important events of the time, how this story connects with the story of Garuda. Another way this story ties up nicely with the Mahabharata is when Kadru cursed her children. Kadru cursed that her children would be killed in the snake sacrifice held by King Janamejaya. If you have listened to the About Mahabharata episode, you know that the story of the Mahabharata is being narrated at the snake sacrifice. The sacrifice Kadru alluded to is the same one where the people were gathered and were listening to the story of the Mahabharata as mentioned in the epic. The Nishada people in the story, who were the group of people that Vinata told Garuda to eat when he was hungry, were people belonging to a hunter-fisherman tribe that lived in the forests and the hills. There is a subplot in the story that I had left out in the earlier retelling just to keep the story simple. In the story, Vinata told Garuda to eat the Nishadas, but to be careful not to eat a Brahmana because it wasn't smart to anger a Brahmana as he is powerful and supreme amongst the different Varnas. Garuda accidentally ate a Brahmana, but he realized his mistake when he felt a burning in his throat just as his mother had warned him. So he opened his mouth wide and asked the Brahmana to walk out. When the Brahmana came out, he pleaded with Garuda to spare his Nishada wife, to which Garuda agreed. These stories definitely help to give us an idea about the relationships that existed between the tribes. Such was the impact of Garuda in the culture of the time that an entire Purana was named after this mighty bird. It is called the Garuda Purana and it is one of the 18 Mahapuranas. Garuda Purana contains diverse topics. It mostly talks about Vishnu and his worship, but also includes treatises on cosmology, gemology, medicine, etc. Why name it after Garuda? Well, who better than Vishnu's vehicle mount to talk about Vishnu? In the text, Garuda narrates to Kashyapa the information passed down to him by Vishnu. The early English translation of the Garuda Puranam 
was done by Manmathanatha Datta. The text was published in 1908 and is now available in the public domain. No matter if it was the ancient times or the present day, because of his loyalty to those who had it, his power, bravery and wisdom, and his special place as Vishnu's vehicle mount, Garuda has remained in the hearts of the people world over and has served as a symbol of strength, courage, loyalty and upholder of dharma. That was today's episode. You can find the resources used for the episode on the blog storiesofindiaretold.com. You can also read the stories on the blog. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and you can find the links on the blog website. The Stories of India Retold podcast is available on most podcast apps and you can find the apps listed in the podcast website. Links to the blog and the podcast websites are listed in the episode description. Comments, likes, subscriptions are always appreciated. I appreciate you listening and hope to see you here again next time. Dhanyavada. Thank you.